What the Health Tech listeners. I'm your host this week, Karina Plant, Project Manager at Radar Healthcare. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas and best practice in health and social care. This week we're speaking to Mark Fuster, Chief Product Officer at Radar Healthcare. You may have already heard some of our previous episodes of What the Health Tech featuring Mark, but for anyone who hasn't seen him already, outside of work, Mark is a keen traveller and enjoys music, particularly live gigs. Mark, once again, welcome to What the Health Tech. Hello. So today we're going to discuss all things around data and analytics at Radar Healthcare. Mark, can you tell me a bit about the analytics module in Radar Healthcare and what we're trying to achieve with our core analytics module? Yeah, so I'm, I'll, I'll probably start with kind of a bit boring technical bits, to be fair. So in terms of how the analytics works and the structure of it, what we've built basically gives us a platform on which to kind of build the analytics. So the bit behind the scenes is almost as important, the bit at the front end. So kind of when you think of analytics, you'd be kind of thinking of all the nice visualizations and the graphs and all that kind of good stuff. But actually there's as much going on behind the scenes as there is at the front end. So we built a capability where we can not just take our own data and almost store it in a way that allows customers to access it, but we can plug into other data sources as well. So one of the things that we've kind of thought of and and you know in terms of kind of that product development mindset is to make sure that whatever we build gives us that ability to be able to scale on it so the back end the data lakes and things like that as people call it all of that kind of is is as important as the front end um from a front end point of view obviously we've got what's called integrated analytics so it's a platform that sits within our products which allows customers to go off and access analytics for each of the different modules that we've built so you know we we've We've got analytics for audits, we've got analytics for events and scheduled tasks, etc. Sounds really good. <clears throat> so what can our partners of Radar Healthcare expect from the analytics module? So I think our aim is obviously to, to, to deliver insight and to deliver information in a way that allows them to act on the, on the data. So we, as you know, um, have core modules and most of those code modules, to be fair, are customised to a certain degree. So, for example, audits, you can ask different questions, workforce compliance, you can have kind of different forms and things supporting it. And so what we've done with the analytics is we've built core dashboards that sit over the top of each of those different modules. So we try um, to almost kind of do the 80-20 rule to say, well, actually, we're going to try and answer as many questions, core questions, if you like, as we can with the core analytics which might be trends of things over a period of time. So how many have I had? Uh, league tables, so where are my best and where are my worst? So for example, you know, which are my best and worst locations for people raising compliments for, for argument's sake. Uh, right the way through to things like audits, so what my scores, again, you know, where are sites or locations scoring well, where are they scoring poorly? So we don't want to kind of lock the analytics behind a kind of a paywall or anything. We want to give everybody access to be able to have analytics for each of the different kind of core platforms. So obviously there's a lot of other products out there with analytics. How does our analytics module differ from the others? I think it differs one that kind of behind the scenes bit that nobody really sees and the fact that we've future proofed it to kind of allow us to bring in data from other different sources. You're not just limited to data from from radar. Um, But in terms of kind of real key points of differentiation for us, so it, 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 I know people bandy phrases like this about all the time, but it genuinely is state-of-the-art analytics. So you can compare it to things like kind of Power BI, Tableau, that type of tool set. And within the product, we've got a number of kind of core areas that kind of go above what you would expect for kind of a normal analytics platform. So yes, we've got dashboards with kind of nice trend lines and benchmarking and all that kind of good stuff. 
Um, but we've also got a lot of machine learning and artificial intelligence built into the background as well. So if you take something like machine learning, one of the kind of key features is something called Insights Miner. So as an example of that, if you, let's say you are kind of quite a compli- complex organization, you're recording lots of events, sometimes the data and the patterns that live within that that set of events and that set of information it's not always easy to kind of uncover it's not always easy to kind of see and you've got to kind of you know have an individual or a team of people even who are going into the data and kind of looking for those patterns manually what the insights miner does is it it, it takes that and and it basically takes that work away so it goes off into the data and actually looks for patterns on your behalf so as an example you might have let's say a care home um, and within that care home, there's a number of uh, incidents involving a particular resident and it might involve a particular resident and perhaps a particular staff member or perhaps a p- particular piece of equipment or maybe a type of medicine. The insights miner would uncover that pattern on your behalf and then present you with that information. So without you having to go off and trying to explore the data yourself, what it's trying to do is kind of surface this insight and try and surface this thing that you might not necessarily have discovered yourself. So almost kind of removing that, that human element from it. Um, There's another thing called exploration paths, uh, which again is kind of machine learning. This looks at how people interact with dashboards. So if you think, if you've got the uh, analytics in in radar and you've got lots of people who are accessing that dashboard, they might be interacting with it in a certain way. They might be filtering it in a certain way. So, you know, show me however many compliments I've had at this particular location. Show me how many falls events I've, I've had over a period of time. And they're constantly interacting with it. They're constantly filtering and, and, and looking at the data in a certain way that is, is of interest to them. What's happening in the background is, is we track that and we kind of look at what people are doing in terms of what questions they're asking of the data. The exploration paths then presents that back to another user. So almost if you went in cold, for want of a better way of saying it, into the analytics and, and, and hit exploration paths... What Exploration Pass is doing is it's saying, look, here's stuff that other people found interesting and here's things that I think you might find interesting based on how other people are interacting with it. And then a little bit like you've got with social media, you've got a like button. So you kind of go, well, actually, I found this. You, I was looking at the number of complaints and you showed me, Exploration Pass showed me, that actually there's a correlation between the number of complaints and a particular location or a particular member of staff, for example. And you think, well, actually, I think that's really interesting. So you can like it and it reinforces that machine learning behaviour. Sounds like it's really simple and easy to use from an end user perspective as well. I mean, it's, it literally is a click of a button. So all these, all these kind of very complex um, kind of machine learning algorithms and artificial intelligence, which I'll come to in a second, all of that's been kind of abstracted away from someone. So you don't have to, you know, understand kind of forest machine learning predictive analytics models. You, you just need to know how to press this button and then it goes off into the, into the background. It does all that kind of clever stuff for you. That's definitely useful, especially if you're someone like me who's not a technical-minded person. So, yeah, making it really simple and easy to view for everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, the other one, and I think probably the key one, is is, is Pulse. So that enables an organisation to basically think about what their key, key KPIs are. And, and it's a personal level as well, so it's almost like, what do you think is interesting? So, again, an example might be you have, you know, let's say we're in a care home environment again, um, your head of audit, head of quality, and you've set um, a target for a particular manager at a location to hit a certain audit level. Score-wise, you know, you're saying, right, okay, I need you to hit 90%. You can set the pulses to basically trigger on, on somebody meeting that success or, or the opposite way around, so once a score drops under a certain level. Uh, so we're saying with the, with the KPIs or with the pulse, 
actually you can set these alerts within the system that mean you don't necessarily even have to log on and look at the dashboard you almost go into these dashboards and go well actually i'm interested in all these different things you tell me radar analytics when these this criteria is met so that's kind of quite straightforward you know tell me when something hits or, or doesn't hit a target the other bit we've got within the pulse is, is something called automatic so the especially nhs trusts have this thing called spc charts so statistical i'll try and say statistical process control charts i think i've got that right um, and what it does is basically if you're managing a trend of something over a period of time you've got kind of a higher and a lower limit and what the charts are doing is, is showing you when it goes over that higher and lower limit and as a person looking at those charts you go oh it's gone over this limit or it's gone under this limit i need to do something about this what our pulse does is it actually does all that automatically so we've got an automatic function in there that basically learns what normal looks like for whatever the thing is that you're interested in so it could be an audit score it could be the number of events over a period of time it could be anything and then when that normal line whatever it is is, is kind of breached so let's say for example your normal run rate of complaints is hopefully not many, one a week for, for, for argument's sake and some reason it shoots, shoots up to 10 or your normal run rate of something is 100 and it drops down to, to, to zero for, for, for whatever reason. The system's actually automatically letting you know that. So all of the kind of traditional things like SPC charts where somebody's taking some data, they're putting it into what in most cases is kind of Excel to be fair, looking for those outliers and go, oh, we've got an outlier here. All of that we do automatically. So there's no lag in the system as well. So if you think if you've got some data generates overnight, instantly this thing is telling you there's something wrong here, there's an anomaly here, you need to have a look into it. So that we, we, we try with the analytics as much as possible. One, to deliver that insight, so you want to look at these things and they want to tell you something and, and give you some information that you're going to act upon. But also we want to reduce that time to act. We want to make it not about I need to log on and go look at a dashboard. We want to make it about, look, we will tell you when these things are happening. You tell the system what you're interested in, the system will tell you when that happens or when something's, when something's changed. Sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, obviously, it's just helping people have the time to focus where they need to focus rather than all the admin work of yeah, gathering and yep. working through the data. So now that we've got quite a few customers using the builder license for our analytics, mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit more about that and how we kind of approach the design of those bespoke dashboards and what are the key principles that we need to keep in mind when doing that? Yeah, sure. So there's quite a lot to unpack in terms of the builder license. So, so what it allows you to do primarily is, again, you know, you obviously know how all of this works because <laughs> you, you do it every day. Um, but if you take something like an event in radar, then there are things that are common across customers. So, you know, things like, you know, when was it done? Who reported it? Um, even things like the kind of the titles and the descriptions. But because we're so customizable, some of the elements underneath that, like workflows and forms and fields within those forms, uh, aren't generic. So people don't necessarily use the same forms and the same workflows across all different customers. Be great if they did, but you know, they, they don't, they, they have different things and they cover, they've got different workflows and different processes, which is fine. Um, what the builder license allows you to do is it's almost pull some of that data out and then to use that within your analytics. So if you've gone down the route of, you know, kind of customizing, um, you know, whatever your workflow and your, and your event looks like, then the, the builder license allows you to do that. But also what it allows you to do is to build dashboards that we necessarily would maybe would never build. So if you think of back to those core dashboards, we'll have a dashboard on events, we'll have dashboards on risk registers. We're, we're never going to know all of the different dashboards that a customer is going to want to build. So if you take an NHS trust, for example, there's lots of different specialties and lots of different kind of subject matter experts who've got a different 
kind of set of questions and set of things that they want to get from that information and from those dashboards. So in the nicest sense, we're never going to be able to build hundreds of dashboards that are going to please everyone. So the purpose of the builder is to allow the customer to go off and to create those dashboards that add meaning to those particular a bit of a product here, but think personas, so kind of the people who are then going to consume it, and that might be a clinician, or it might be a quality manager in a care home, or a, or a, or a, or a home manager. You know, they've all got different wants and needs from the data. So there's not ever going to be kind of one size fits all. The process we go through for the builder is less about kind of what buttons to press and how to build a dashboard in, in the technical sense. Because actually, it's really straightforward. I mean, you've seen the you've, you've been involved yeah. in a couple of these calls. So, you know, it isn't actually that difficult to kind of build a dashboard. Yeah, the actual building isn't that yeah, much. It's, it's more the what you want to show and how you want to show it. And, and I think that's the challenge. So that that part of the process we go through, and it's going to sound like a, straight, a bit of a strange thing, but it's it, it's changing the way people think about how to go off and construct a dashboard. So you might come to me as a customer and say, right. Got the builder license. I want to build this exec pack, this board pack, and you know all these different things, which is great. And what we say, well, actually, we want to take a step back, and again, because of the job you do, you know how this works. But actually, think about what's the outcome you want to achieve from this. So again, lots of times customers like to tr- like to trend things. So how many of these things have we had over a period of time, and which site's best and which site's worst, and all that's great, all that's fine. But actually, we say, well, you know, f- from our point of view, what's the outcome you want to drive here? So if you're doing a dashboard based on events, for argument's sake, um, let's say you're doing it based on harm. So where, where have we caused harm? Then yes, you do want to know where, and you do want to know how often. And you do want to you do want to know kind of trends, but actually you want to know the why, and you want to know well, how are we making a difference here. So it might be that your dashboard's less about the trending and the benchmarking, and more around getting a real deep understanding of where are we causing harm and why. And then what are we doing to, to, to make a difference? So actually it might be linking into things like the action plans. So it could be we had a number of serious harm events and we created some action plans in radar to address whatever the root cause of those were. And actually, have we done them? Have we implemented them? And because we haven't implemented them, are we having more serious harm I- I- events? So it's that, it's really trying to dig into the data and kind of understand what outcome do I want to drive? And that goes right the way back to the design of, as you know, the workflows and the events and, and, and the information people want to capture initially to, to, to drive whatever those dashboards look like. We, we, I sound like a broken record with this stuff, but <laughs> outcomes, what do you want to do differently and then work backwards from it? And the dashboards are, are a huge part of that. But for us, our training is more around how to think about questioning. So why? Why do you want to do this? You know, And, and, and arming the customers to have those conversations themselves in the organisation. Because again, typically what you might find is the people who are responsible for the building might be, I don't know, data analysts, BI analysts, whatever the job title is. They aren't necessarily the right people to go off into the business and to sometimes challenge. And, and maybe they don't have a gravitas to go off to somebody who's kind of a you know, senior clinician or head of X departments yeah. kind of go, well, I know you want this, but really, why do you want it? So it's, we, we try and arm the customer with that as well to try and think about, you know, what is it you want to do? What, is you, what do you want to do differently? What outcome do you want to drive? And then the dashboards should answer that. And again, to think about how those dashboards have relations to the things you try to use with it. So you might have a dashboard for a specific meeting. You know, you might just build something that says we have a monthly 
health and safety meeting or quality meeting. And then there's a dashboard that is literally just constructed around that. So the customer can log on, bring the, our ideal is they're bringing the dashboard up in the, in the meeting in real time, talking about the data within radar. And then well, we're, we're interested in X, right? Okay, drill into it and see what, the, see what the detail is. Or actually, this is something we want to track, right? Use Pulse, create a smart KPI behind it. So I think I probably went on a little <laughs> bit there, but you kind of get the idea. Actually, that build a bit for us is key. One, we're never going to be able to build kind of core dashboards that answer everybody's, everybody's um, different needs from a dashboard. But what we want to do is arm customers to be able to build the things to go off and, and then add real meaning to, 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 to the services that they provide. But importantly, drive that outcome. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like you've said, it very much is changing the way they think of that backwards approach because everyone's so used to kind of going forwards and thinking yep. about the reporting at the end when actually it's that's the key thing because that's what's going to drive the change. So it's quite interesting to have that approach really. So in terms of obviously the analytics, there's been a lot of building and development into that. What's the future look like for the analytics module? Where are we going to kind of further that going forward? So like the rest of Radar, we have a roadmap. So there's a kind of a roadmap specifically for just the analytics. Um, because we did that bit that I was talking about at the start of how we've actually constructed the thing fundamentally, it gives us the kind of framework on which to build. So there are kind of a number of kind of key things that we, we were looking to do. Um, first one is bringing in additional data to help kind of identify locations. So if you think of locations within radar, you've obviously got lots of different types. So you might have kind of, oh, it's a care home, but actually there's lots of different variants of a care home in terms of the different sizes. Same thing with obviously hospitals for argument's sake or wards, they're, they're all providing slightly different things. At the moment within radar, we don't really differentiate there. We just basically say, well, this is a location. And one of the things we want to do in terms of adding a bit more value to the data is to have more specific information around those locations. So when you're talking about things like league tables and benchmarking, actually it's more meaningful. So if you have, if you're a trust and you've got an A&E department and you've got a broom cupboard, you know, in the nicest <laughs> sense, you're going to be expecting a lot more accidents and events happening yeah. at your A&E than you are at your broom cupboard. Um, so in our, in our current software, the A&E department is going to be the top of the list, isn't it, in terms of where you're having the most of these things. And the reality is, well, actually, you know, what's the metric to say, what's a, what's a run rate look like for there? So for A&E, it might be the number of patients that they've seen. For a care home, it might be the number of occupied beds. So to bring in that additional location information to help add more context to the, to, to the data and the analytics. And especially back to things like the pulses. So once you've got that and you're saying, well, what does unusual look like? What's something normal? You know, oh, we've had, a, we've had an incident in the broom cupboard. You know, I should have picked a better example of a location. But we've got, you know, an, ex we've got a, an event happening in, in this broom cupboard. Um, that's unusual. So now we can kind of add, add detail to it. The other couple of bits we're doing, a lot more around predictive analytics. So again, back to adding that location information in, we will be able to be, have much more accurate predictions of when you may have an event and bringing in other other details such as staffing levels, the, the training levels of those staff. So again, if you think of like a normal event run rate for a particular location, because we've got historic data, we can start to uncover patterns. So for example, um, you have a s slight spike in the number of events when you have 70% urgency staff on or when the staff training level is, is at a certain level. So actually using the historic information to help predict what's going to happen in future and not just using data within the organisation, but the risk, the, 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 the predictive models can look across the whole of the data set that we've got 
And so they can kind of build a, what normal looks like. And then for an individual customer go, well, actually you're not normal. There's something different here, you know, based on, based on your care home, as opposed to other people's care homes that are like you, 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 you you've got a higher run rate of incidents or, if, or you've got less run rate or we predict you, this is gonna happen. So there's a lot around kind of predictive analytics. Uh, and then the last one's something called um, natural language querying, NLQ. So this is where the user can ask a question of the information. So rather than it being about analytics in the sense of dashboards, if you think of the personas, the people who interact with our product, some of that's quite scary to people. You know, you log onto a dashboard and you've got all these wiggly lines and charts and things like that. I mean, I, I, hopefully Especially built, if you've never seen them before. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, ho- I can vouch for yeah, that. <laughs> ho- ho- hopefully we build things that are kind of easy for people to, to be able to understand and interactive. But if it's not your, if you aren't, not necessarily data literate, but if you're not if you're not used to interacting with those things, then actually you might look at it and go, well, I don't know how to ask this thing a question. So NLQ is all about, you know, very basic ability to ask a, a, a plain question in, in the English language of how, you know, how, many, how many fall events did we have in Care Home X last week? You had 20. So you're not actually interacting with anything, you just literally type in whatever your question is and the system's going to give you an answer. And that's trying to, again, I'm kind of using buzzwords, so apologies, kind of democratise the data. So rather than it just being about a few key people within an organisation who've got, you know, I've got my board pack, I've got my monthly exec report, I've got whatever I've got, Actually, anybody in the in the organisation can go off and go. Well, I'm interested in this. Tell me, tell me what's going on here. So, kind of freeing up and, and allowing anybody to ask a question, but importantly, to have a consistent response back. So, again, that might happen in organisations where people pull data from systems and go off and do a little analysis, analysis in Excel. What you end up having is lots of people have got different different ways of figuring out what yeah. the data says. So, they all end up having a different answer to the same question. So, we we democratise the ability to ask those questions but we maintain the integrity of the answer, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can really see how that would be useful to be more proactive as opposed to reactive, and especially sharing the kind of wider analytics with the end users directly, especially with that search, because like you said, a lot of them might not even be technically minded as well. Um, So I can see how that's going to be really, really good and useful to a lot of customers. So how does this then feed into the healthcare sector. So what does that mean for healthcare? How does it make a difference in people's day-to-day workers? So those end users, how is that going to support them in their job that they do daily? Uh, I guess there's a couple of things. One is kind of freeing up that time. You know, if we're, if we're reducing that time to, to kind of do the analysis, you know, you've got traditionally people within an organisation like your BI analysts or whoever who are pulling a load of data, putting a pack together and, you know, it's taking time and, you know, the data is only done once a month. So there's that there's that bit about saving the actual time element of, you know, how long does it take somebody to do that activity. The time to act is probably the key one. So actually, it's you're not waiting for somebody to go off and go, oh, we've had a spike in X, right, okay, right, well, okay, but that happened two weeks ago because we've only just done the analysis. Where real time, you know, this thing is telling you when something happens and giving you that indicator straight away. And then the other one is what we talked about. So if you're building these things correctly, is to to drive those outcomes, to drive that change. You know, we want to be able to tell customers and help them understand where they are making a difference. So if you take something like an event and an action plan, so we have a number of fall events in a care home, for example, and then we are implementing an action plan to hopefully address whatever that looks like actually did that have an effect or not so rather than it just being a thing that you do in a point in time and go right okay yes we've done the action plan what difference did that thing make so did it mean you had a reduction in fall events if so by how many so we want to be able to 
evidence back to you, the customer, to say, look, here's way, here's one way you should be you know, targeting your efforts. So here's the action plans we think you should be working on because these are linked to a number of failed audits or failed events. But when you are actually fixing these things and implementing them, what difference did they really make to your organization? You know, So then when you're having these conversations both internally and externally, it's really easy for you to go, this is what we did and this is what impact it made. We implemented X, Y, and Z and it saw a reduction in patient safety incidents or we reduced the amount of se- severe harm incidents we had by X, whatever that, whatever that looks like. So we want to be able to evidence to the customer you know, what it is that they're doing and where they're making a difference. And I suppose that's going to help them support that review process as well, uh, like you've said, of what actions that they've put in place. So as we've mentioned, a lot of our partners obviously have the builder license currently. Mm-hmm. Where have you seen something that's been developed and where they've used it that works really well and that it's been a big benefit to that customer? So, I mean, there's quite a lot of examples, to be fair, because we've got most of the major customers we work with now use the builder licenses in some way, shape or form. It's, there's lots of examples of particular dashboards, but it's back to the, the changing the way they thought about doing it in the first place. So as an example, we had a customer who I did a workshop with a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so we, you know, it's like we, go, we kind of go down, we sit in a room, it's like, okay, so we're going to spend this time thinking about designing a dashboard. And everybody's coming in, you know, right, okay, we want this dashboard, we want this dashboard, we want this board pack. And, it, and they all had a kind of preconceived idea about what it was that they wanted to construct, which is fine, that's, that's normal. Um, but then we challenged the thinking again. So we were saying, well, actually, you're talking about your, your fundamental principle as, as an organisation, one of the key strategies, the key goals for you as an organisation is to uh, patient safety, to reduce clinical harm incidents. And actually your dashboards, you know, the ones that you're thinking about creating are great and they uh, you know, allow you to understand how many you've had and the trend over a period of time. But... The, the the so what so so how how do you how do you do something differently from this how are you learning from it and and that kind of so I'm going to use the word by it that little journey that they went on um, through through that meeting where they kind of came in with a bunch of kind of preset ideas and then at the end of it the dashboard that they ended up designing and they designed it so all we're doing is kind of coaching and for want of a better word and, and kind of helping shape the way they're thinking about it was completely different and it was about when was the last time we caused harm where we did cause harm what harm did we cause and why and it was all much more about kind of how do we share learnings and how do we get to root cause analysis and how do we uncover where the actions that we're doing are making a difference and, and not making any difference so you know we're creating these actions and we're doing these things but actually it's not having an impact why isn't it having an impact and the the you could see the light bulb moment kind of when they're all getting it in the room and they're all kind of going oh, all right I get it now and we, we can we're thinking about this in a slightly different way and they all left kind of engaged in that actually we can transform the way we're thinking about information here and we can transform the way we're thinking about how these things drive these outcomes for our patients because ultimately that's what they all cared about you know yes they've got to do a board report yes they've got to do this thing that trends out you know how many they've had over a period of time. But that bit where they're all, you know, almost leaving and, and you kind of go, was this session useful? And they're all going, yes, this literally has changed the way we think about the data. That, that bit for me is kind of the bit that is, is exciting and also where we will add real value to, to organisations. Sounds really exciting, like you've said, and I'm, um, I know I've got one of these sessions you next have, week, so yeah. I'm actually, it's my first one, so I'm <laughs> looking forward to it as well now. Um, 
but I think that's just a lot of information really and some really useful points in there um, so thank you again for joining us this week and thank you to you all for listening next week we're going to be talking to Peter Walsh CEO of AVMA which stands for Action Against Medical Accidents 2022 marks the 40th anniversary for AVMA which helps over 3,000 people every year with advice and support and continues to raise awareness of the continuing need to improve patient safety please don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and if you have any questions for us or our guests please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com